0: Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today we're chatting with life and relationship coach Jamie Green. Jamie is LA's unconventional coach. His Zen-like approach to personal coaching combined with his British sense of humor and refreshing straight talk has built a thriving reputation as a licensed psychotherapist, teacher, mentor, and leadership trainer. He was cast as the real-life marriage therapist on the Fox show Marriage 911 and was most recently featured as therapist and life coach to Brad Womack on Season 15 of The Bachelor on ABC. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for that be here.
0: Absolutely. Before we jump into more about your business, I'd like for you to tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you like to do when you're not working.
1: Uh, that's a great question. So I am 52. I am from London, England, lived in Los Angeles since 1983, uh, married to my wife, and we have a two-year-old. Uh, so I'm a late bloomer. I was 49 when I had my kid. Um, loving life, loving loving fathering my own son. I've been fathering people a long time, so to have my own kid is pretty magical. Uh, and I have an incredible community. I'm also I'm also a big community builder, and I do a lot of men's work as well. So I have a very very full community life, which to me is how I get.
0: Awesome. Well, we all love to be inspired by people's journey. So the first part of our conversation is going to focus on your journey. So how long have you been coaching and what led you to get into it in the first place? All
1: right, so that could be, uh, we could spend half an hour on that. So I'm going to, I'll try and give you the condoms. My, um, the reason my brand is the Unconventional Coach is because I have not entered into coaching in any regular way, nor do I work as a regular coach. So my background, I'll try to give you the, 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 the shortest version I can. I came out to, uh, to Los Angeles to go to Pepperdine University, have a degree in sports medicine. That's my undergrad. I was, was basically supposed to go back to England and fell in love, as you do. I was 21. I was kind of out, out in the world, enjoying L.A., um, and I fell in love with a girl, moved in with her very quickly, head over the hills madly in love. This was when codependency was kind of exploding on the scene. and I was probably the poster child for it. <laughs> so it turned out she had had a little bit of free based cocaine problem in her past that hadn't mentioned to me. So cut kind a of very long-sorted story short, um, she, got, she went back into rehab and it was like the rug being pulled out for me as a very naive, I, I've been to boarding schools since I was 11, so I just had no background in this and it was, it was all very new and it was, it was devastating, confusing, uh, very uprooting for me but as a result of her going to rehab I kind of entered into the world of codependency and understanding that world and Al-Anon and addiction and so I, I just didn't want to go back to England I was too obsessed if, I, if I'm honest and so I, I went to UCLA Extension. I, I became a certified alcohol drug counselor because that's just h- how I try to understand things. I, I need to really get it. I need to understand kind of the biology, the neurochemistry of it, and then I can accept it. So I was just fascinated. I kept, I kept buying time with student visas, studying more and more, did my master's in marriage family child therapy, and essentially kind of backdoored my way into becoming a psychotherapist at a young age. So I, I had a traditional practice for about 16 years. I was actually trained very psychoanalytically, so I used to see people on the couch twice a week, I'd be sitting behind them, it was a very traditional practice. And cut to, um, I had a, um, a transition eight, nine years where I was teaching Kabbalah, I was actually a Kabbalah teacher, and I kind of closed my practice formally. And now it brings me to my coaching reinvention eight years ago exactly. Um, I came out of the Kabbalah teaching and I did not want to go back into traditional Psychotherapy practice. I knew that I had gone as far as I could take that. I just wasn't inspired anymore And so I just reinvented myself as a life coach So I'm still a licensed psychotherapist. The difference is I don't work out of an office I go into people's lives and the coaching approach for me Look, you you can't take the clinician out of the coach, right? But most coaches are not going to be trained with the kind of clinical assessment that I have. So I get to do it all. I just work differently. So my company is actually called Off the Couch Consulting. And by that, it's not about being a couch potato. It's about getting off the psychotherapy couch. So my approach now, with the greatest respect to everyone who's doing therapy and the therapists potentially who are becoming coaches, I just found a way to reinvent myself that I could really get in the trenches with in their lives, going to their homes, get into their offices, um, and, and do much more short-term strategic work. I'm not going back and transforming people's childhoods. I'm not really doing any personality um, transformations. I don't know that we really do much of that anyway. But I'm really giving people a lot of tools, and it's a lot of mentoring. You know, At 52, I've seen a lot. I've worked with thousands of people. So my love for coaching is about really getting people empowered with tools. I think people need tools, and that's not necessarily what we do in therapy, We've we become a great container and a very healing relationship. We don't always give them tools. And so that's the biggest shift, I would say. So that's kind of my way in. And it's been quite a journey. Here.
0: Well, you know, everybody knows that starting up a coaching business can have just a ton of ups and downs. So can you tell us about uh, one of your big disappointments or just like a really low point that you experienced while building your business? Uh,
1: so I don't know if I if I necessarily had a low point. Uh, I would say actually, uh, to me when I when I started, uh, I definitely chose a tough time to begin a new business because it was March of 2009, which was the peak of the recession. Um, and so it was challenging in the sense that I didn't quite know how I was going to start from scratch. Because remember, I closed my practice years before that, and so I had been kind of out of the loop. You know, I've been teaching, I've been traveling, I've been running events and um, teaching classes. So, um, it was a pretty daunting time at the beginning because I literally, it was like starting from scratch. You know, yes, I did have a reputation, I guess in LA people knew of me, but, um, it did take time and one has to be really patient when you're building something new. The difference is it, I wasn't starting kind of green, at, at some of I no experience, had a lot of experience. So it probably took me about six months of really trusting myself with conviction in terms of, um, you keep in the faith and just doing what I know we do well. You have to start one person at a time. And so I would say if I, if I speak for coaches who are beginning for the very first time, it really took me five years. When I began my, my psychotherapy practice at the very beginning, that literally took me five years before I had a self-generating practice. So I would just say the tough times are when you've got one or two people you're beginning with and it's hard to get momentum. And you have to really trust that gradually, gradually it will build. The other thing that happens is when people find a great coach, they, they kind of want to keep you a secret, which is not what you want, right? You want them to bring this home world you. There's this kind of threshold where they, 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 they found you, they want you all to themselves, and then it becomes, hopefully if you've done great enough work with them, it, people are going to start saying, hey, what's happening with you? Something's changed. What's going on at that point? You know, you 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 feel safe enough to share the secret. So I'm very blessed in that that my disappointments were a long time ago. They were 30 years ago, 25 years ago. So I would say that in in the coaching world, because um you know I had already built a reputation in a different arena. Um, I've been very fortunate that it's built very quickly. Actually, answer the question.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that being slow to take off, you know, you often hear about people joke about you know it only took me four years to become an overnight success. Yeah, right. uh, you know, it takes it takes a lot of consistent action before you can finally catch that first big break. So, can you tell us about maybe a tipping point in your business, or, or when you finally started to feel like you were gaining momentum? Um, so, I'm gonna
1: uh, again, I'm gonna I don't want to speak into in, in the parallel lives all the time. So, I'm gonna bring it really strictly to the coaching because the like psychotherapy was so long ago, and I think it's a different model. Speaking to my eight my, my practice going back eight years, I think that. Um, y- Truly, today with social media, it's a it's a totally different ballgame. I think my entire my entire um, career as a psychotherapist, I, I, I think I barely used email. I mean, it was a long time ago, and uh, you know, branding and all of that stuff was not what it is today. So it's a different world. And I would say that for me, um, I have been. Uh, I'm a very creative person, and I used to be a very shy, introspective uh, Englishman. And 30 years in LA will kind of you know get that out of you, which is great. So <laughs> I have. I, that um, those years of teaching and being in front of the room and uh, and learning how to read a room and learning how to work with people live I think that's been the greatest uh, skill set I've developed that you just don't get when you're one-on-one I mean, that, that helped enormously, but what made me comfortable even then, you have to understand that the, the, the two TV shows I did were, were primetime Fox shows, uh, or rather, one was the primetime Fox show, the other one was on ABC, The Bachelor. I mean, there was like 10 million viewers for each of these things. So um, it, you have to be comfortable when you're in front of a camera, which I was, because I've become comfortable just being me on a stage. Uh, and so the, to answer your question in a, in a kind of roundabout way, uh, one, one has to really embody conviction you know it's not something you can really fake you have to really trust yourself and you have to know yourself really well when you want to be able to make an impact and i would say for everyone listening not everybody gets chances to be on tv and i understand that i was very lucky how that happened but for those people who don't have that opportunity i would say you know more and more practice in the trenches just taking risks you know building your experience level one-on-one it just takes time you know it's not going to happen overnight I started as an intern. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was 22, 23. Um, it just it just takes time. And so as, as one becomes confident and and really trusting of what you're doing and, and leading by that, people will really listen. They'll trust you. And so for me, clearly, the biggest tipping point was getting on TV and at that point having a website and getting 600 hits a night and people looking me up. And, um, you know, that, that did catapult me. Um, I don't know that anyone would know me necessarily from The Bachelor. I mean, a lot of people did at the time. But... At this point, um, it's just a huge word of mouth. I think the best the best way to to build a business if you do really good work and you touch people's lives, they, I promise you, will get people to come to you. You don't need to do. I don't do advertising. I don't. I just don't do any of that stuff. I've never mm-hmm. seen much success from it. I think it comes from someone who's personally vetted you, who's been the guinea pig, and if they're the kind of. The, the best clients are the ones that enroll all their friends to come see you, and I've been lucky with that. So that that's the way Th- those people to focus on. Just do great work with who's in front of you, and the rest will come.
0: Great. Well, you know, a lot of times that we say that success is measured in milestones or, or hitting certain goals or reaching a benchmark. Um, what's been your biggest win or maybe even a favorite achievement so far?
1: I would say, you know, look, any, for me, it's going to sound cliche, but any time – I'm able to really impact a life and, um, and, and help someone transform. I've got lots of, lots of stories of people who have made radical recoveries from addiction. Um, I think my favorite story actually is that I was consulting with a rehab, um, for a few years and I would go in there and run a group. And, um, and it was an interesting group because it was a combination of the staff and the residents. I used to call them inmates. That was my affectionate self. <laughs> Um, and, it, and it was a small, you know, like it was like an eight bed kind of exclusive facility in Malibu. It was a nice, nice place. Uh, not not a big celebrity place, but just good people, really well run staff. Um, and so it would be a group of maybe, you know, 12, 15 people each week. And I did that group for many years. And the, my favorite story is one of the girls who was there for alcoholism, she was young, she was very lost, and she was, you know, very self-destructive at the time. And, and she spent a good. 60 to 90 days in treatment and we worked one on one I worked with her in the groups and and then it was about helping her really get connected to what what would her real dream and vision be and it was to to go off and, and do something holistically and you know maybe be a yoga teacher so she went off and did this intensive yoga training in Costa Rica and to tell a story short within six months she came back and now she has been successfully she just she's um, years later she's now a licensed psychotherapist she's a licensed um She's a certified alcohol drug counselor, and she works in rehabs. I mean, and and it happened within about a four or five year turnaround. So that's one of my, one of my, you know, when I, when I, and I see she's really busy. She does great, and she's someone who really walked the walk. She literally went from in my group as a resident to in my group as staff. That's
0: probably
1: my my favorite story. Yeah.
0: Nice. Now, before we move on to the part of the podcast that focuses more on action steps that coaches can take, um, let's talk about the future a little bit. What are you most excited about creating next in your business?
1: So I've done done a few different things. You know, I tried for a couple of years doing an online coaching platform, which which I did for a couple of years. It was a lot of work, and I I was successful at it, but it's very difficult. I realized that my strength is being in front of the room life. That's really my strength. You know, I did the online thing. It was a struggle because you can't pull people out of their computers. You can't draw them out, which is what my skill is. So what I'm excited about doing after all these years is going back into live events. So my my plan for the next year or two is to start to create live um, workshop-type experiences, um, you know, maybe something intimate with couples, and then a, a big training with maybe 400 people, uh, and just start to build my live presentation work my live workshop work because that's probably my beg- my best skill is being with a, a, in a room of a lot of people and, and and helping them come out of themselves and discover it as well as build community from that so that's definitely on the horizon for me it's like going back to my roots
0: Right, right. Well, that's interesting because most of the coaches that I talk to seem like they're, they're more interested in getting their business online. So it's refreshing right. to hear someone say that, that offline is really where they get their energy from.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. And I tried both. Yeah, and, and, and it's not, you know, it's a different, it's just a different, different, I, I feed off the energy of people. That's really, you know, to me, it's, it's less about, uh, delivering content and it's much more about touching lives. It, what I've learned is people forget content. They don't remember it. They just don't. You, can, you know, I, I, I taught for so many years and week after week i come back and say, all right, let's review what we talked about last week and they look at me like nothing ever happened. But what they mm-hmm. remember is the moments that really touched them. The example of the, someone breaking down, someone laughing, you know, the, the the human connection they remember, the anecdotes they remember, they don't remember the wisdom. And that's okay. That's probably true for me too.
0: Nice. Well, the part of the conversation that we're going to be moving into is the action steps. Um, one thing I really like to stress to coaches is there's a lot of different ways to make a living as a coach, both online and offline. So how are you generating revenue right now in your coaching business? I
1: would say that, uh, you know, again, in keeping with my brand of being the unconventional coach, I'm, I'm probably a bit lazy around it because I've been lucky that, the the kind of the kind of model I'm using, which is short term, get in, get out, give people the tools. You know, I don't let them get stuck in their story. I might see someone twice, I might see someone three times, I might see them for six months. It really depends. Having come from a model of psychotherapy where I saw people for two, three, four years, it's very refreshing for me to get in, get out. I know what I can do. I know what my limitations are. And so, honestly, everything that I do comes purely from word of mouth. I have a constant revolving door of people who are bringing people because I'm I'm creating an impact to the point that people are saying, what happened to you? That's the greatest. The great, And, again, it's taken time. It's taken a lot of experience to get to that place. So I'm, I'm looking back on a 30-year almost career in order to say that. But there's really not a lot else that I do, honestly. I mean, um, I did the Facebook ads. I did the online stuff. I had all sorts of products. I have an app in the app store. You know, it. it that's not where – that's really not. For me, generating a lot of business—it's—it's it's great because it's actually when people—people people that work with me—when they discover it, they're all over it. My content—I do—I do stuff online, but that's really not my business. My, my business is—is is one-on-one and groups, and I do a lot of group work. I do a lot of workshops, and you know, the, the live events I'm going to do. So it's really just—it—it's it, kind of—it's out there happening organically. Again, I'm very blessed, but that's the that's place I think you want to get to. You want to get to that your your own clientele, your own community that you're working with are
0: bringing you people. Right. So well, you may have actually already answered the next question then. Um, one thing that, that a lot of coaches really want to know is they everybody really just wants to know how to grow their business. So yeah. what's your favorite strategy for attracting new clients to your business?
1: So because I, because I do a lot of corporate coaching as well, and I work with a lot of CEOs that, you know, they're my individual clients, but then they bring me into their business because they see that there's benefit in helping me work with their teams and all that kind of stuff. N- none of that is my specialty. It's just what happens because I, I know the guys at the top. I would say this, honestly, there there, there is no substitute. Anyone anyone who tells you differently is bullshitting what it comes down to is this. You've got to do your own personal transformation. You have to be a beacon of what it looks like to walk the walk and everything we're talking about. So I, I've had this, this guiding kind of mantra that I, I will never ask anyone to do anything sitting in front of me that I'm not willing to do myself, even if it's in the room, if it's really being uncomfortable by confronting something that no one wants to say if it's a group type setting or it's dealing with a couple, if it's about taking the mask off and getting really real about some of the stuff that that I've walked through and how I did it, if it's about talking about, um, you know, being vulnerable and, and and I'm talking about it in a way that doesn't burden the client. I'm not talking about you know, being needy and breaking down about your breakup that you just had I mean obviously it's going to be appropriate but I think it's about you've got to be the example you've got to be relatable you've got to be vulnerable you've got to be personal you've got to be intense when they need that you've got to be passionate you can't ask people to do anything that you can't do yourself I, I mentioned I have a two year old he's mimicking everything I do well that's what my clients have always done mm. so you want to make sure that, that you want them to mimic the things you're doing you've got to be an example of success you've got to be an example of of, of how to how to, you know, be intimate in a conversation. You you gotta to model to the husbands what it looks like to talk to a woman it more gently. That doesn't scare the hell out of them. It's not bullying, it's not intimidating. You gotta be able to get the the alpha male CEOs to get out of that, you know, off their into a place of being relatable where they're not threatening etc so that to me is how you generate business forget all of the marketing all of the marketing is secondary at the end of the day you will draw people to you by being an example of what it is they're looking to emulate
0: right so knowing what you know now about building a successful business what would be one action step that you think coaches should implement this week if they're serious about making a successful business
1: I would say if they're not already, and I don't assume they are, you gotta get a really good mentor. You have to have a great mentor. And a mentor is not a marketing mentor. That might be helpful, no doubt. I'm talking about someone who's going to kick your ass, who's going to push you to get uncomfortable, who's going to help you reach into the parts of you that you maybe have never accessed. And by doing so, I promise you, you will then be able to model to your clients how to do it. And that's what's going to touch them. So get a mentor. Get someone who's going to push you. Get someone who's going to make it uncomfortable for you. A mentor needs to be someone who walks the walk, who's successful. They have to be successful in their business that you relate to. They have to be successful in their relationships. You want to make sure they're happy and fulfilled. You want to make sure they're living with higher purpose. All these kinds of things are what people are looking for. And If you just rely on marketing and tweeting, I'm telling you, it will it will never build and grow your business. It will be like Emperor's New Clothes. If you're not doing your work, it will show up. and They will eventually start to know it and they will start referring people to you. You'll have a reputation of not being able to be authentic. So... Don't believe the hype. The online is going to be the way to go because it isn't. It, it, you still got to be able to be that. The human connection is what is going to is going to expand your business and bring people to you, no matter what. So get a mentor. Um, have someone who can who can guide you in the personal transformation, not just the business part of it. You need both.
0: Awesome. This has been so good. I mean, I've learned so much from you. Um, I want to finish things up with the final five rapid fire questions. So, what's okay? Great. What's one habit or skill that's helped you to become unstoppable?
1: Um, you got to risk. I, I call it risk your relationships. You've got to be willing to, to say the thing that no one in the room has the balls to say, and you got to say it from the heart. Okay, You've got to be direct. you got to be, be very comfortable confronting, but with love, not with judgment. So take risks. Every day, take a risk with a client that's appropriate, that, that is timely for them, that, that is not going to scare the hell out of them, but is going to touch them and come from the heart. Do not come from your anger or trying to be clever or prove anything to them. They will feel it. It won't work. So come from the heart.
0: What's one quality you feel every successful coach needs to develop?
1: Uh, Authenticity. Through and through. You you cannot fake this stuff. You have to be real. Your energy has to be in alignment. You cannot be preaching. You cannot be asking uh, your clients to do anything that you wouldn't do first at the front of the line. So authenticity.
0: Recommend one book that's had a big impact on your business or on your life.
1: Yeah, The War of Arts is uh, by Stephen Pressfield. One of the best. Absolutely brilliant. A really, really, really inspiring little book that uh, teaches a lot about the concept of resistance, which for me as a recovering psychotherapist, I like to refer myself as uh, or a reformed psychotherapist. It's great. Resistance is a really, really important Something that coaches are not trained in therapists are for sure trained in it. And it's about why those people that you're working with seem to, you know, kind of avoid going into the areas you want to guide them or why they're not even showing up or why they're quitting and all that kind of stuff. But he does it in a really creative, fun way. So it's called the, uh, the war of art.
0: Okay. Now give us one online resource that you think the coaches would love to know about and that you couldn't do business without.
1: Um, you know, I, I saw that in, 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 in terms of the preparation for this call and some of the things you were going to have us think about. And I honestly don't, I, I don't have a website that, that, or, or an online resource that I would say other than it's going to sound arrogant. Uh, I, I have a program that I recommend to my clients, to the coaches that I mentor, because it's got all this stuff I'm telling you about. So it's called the Off the Couch Program. My company's called Off the Couch Consulting. You go to jamiegreen.com. You know, and, and this isn't even just a plug. It happens to be, from what I've heard, everybody will tell me this is the resource because it gives people the tools how to be authentic, how to be real, how to, how to recognize when you're projecting versus mm. when, when you need to be mirroring. So, I mean, again, it, 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 I don't mean it to be a shameless plug, but I honestly, there's nothing else out there that I've found to be valuable. So I had to put my own program together.
0: Great. Well, that's usually how the best things yeah. are put together. So, And finally, how can the listeners best connect with you? Are you on social at all, or should they just um, connect with your website?
1: No, absolutely. I mean, my website is the obvious choice. JamieGreen.com is J-A-M-I-E-G-R-E-E-N-E. From there, you can access me directly. You can get into my uh, Off the Couch program I talked about. I also have an app online called Alchemy and Love, which is a relationship dating kind of, how to how to recognize what you need to be looking for even if you're already married it's not too late um, and then my email is jamie at jamiegreen.com but my website is probably the funnel you can find me on twitter at, at jamiegreen capital j capital g uh and on facebook all
0: of that I'm everywhere you'll find me <laughs> well, this, great this has been a great conversation and I want to thank you again for joining me Jamie um, we'll put all of those links uh, to Jamie's website and to all of his social accounts in the show notes so that the audience okay. can get a hold of you if they want to and thank awesome. you so much for joining me
1: thanks man and you know what? I, I if you don't get acknowledged enough I think what you're doing for coaches is you're, you are a great resource, I can tell, from from what you're gathering. You, you'll have a great book. You're going to be put together one of these days, and I would, I would go out and support you. So thanks for what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that.